Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. And welcome back to episode 32 of Knowing is Half the Podcast, your G.I. Joe cartoon show recap experience, the only G.I. Joe podcast I know about. We've done 32 of these. This so, well, is 31. Actually, this is, we've done No, more. this is actually episode 33. Oh, which means of we've done our show. 33 plus the Halloween episode. That's plus 34. the Terror Trap oh, episode yeah, and all the Know Your Joes. We've done like 67 of these at this but point. But he said episode 32. Officially, yeah. this is he, episode 32. He was, no, officially, this is episode 33. Unofficially, this is episode 32. <laughs> this is the 33rd no, this is the G.I. 33rd Joe episode. G.I. Joe episode. Oh, well, I wrote it down as 32. Yes, I'm you big... did. You Are gone. you sure you have the right notes? We've I, been through this. Here's the deal. I have the right notes. I just wrote 32 instead of 33. Unacceptable. <laughs> Guys, I ruined the podcast, everybody. Good night. Guys, go give us five stars, but talk about how terrible Jeez. Ray is. Yeah, five stars and say terrible things about me, but glowing things about Chan, because that'll really make him mad. Hashtag where's Ray? <laughs> Hashtag raise notes suck. <laughs> God, I hope when they do eventually make uh, uh, action figures of us, there is no Ray. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would hope there would be one somewhere. Now I'm depressed. <laughs> Knowing is half the podcast action figures. You've got Action Chan, Action Gina. And that's it. Here's the thing. Oh, action Calder um, Hallbrook. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get one. <laughs> yeah, they've. Uh, the thing is, every time they make uh, tall doughy gingers in uh, action figures, they just don't sell. They just don't sell. <laughs> they won't put me in the Monopoly game. <laughs> nope. This is really it's upsetting. It scared children. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they didn't want it. They all wanted to be the thimble. None of them wanted to be the ray. <laughs> Ray, here's here's the story from our legal department. We can't put you anywhere near 50 yards where a child might be looking. <laughs> ever since our yeah. last... Uh, yeah. Ever since the Know Your Joe. Know Your Joe. How is that my fault? I'm the one who didn't want to do it. <laughs> nope. You're you're the you're the leader. You're leading the discussion. <laughs> I should be the only blameless one here. Leading, I got outvoted. You're leading the discussion about which child oh, cartoons to have sex with. And or murder. <laughs> Guys, if you want to go back and listen, you will see... <laughs> Through uh, uh, truth and light that I am completely incredible <laughs> here. Nobody's going to go back and listen. Probably not. Okay, guys. So Captives of Cobra Part 2 uh, by Christy Marks. Boring. Marks. Uh, I didn't think this was as rough as this episode two of Synthoid Conspiracy. I will say it again. 
I thought that this one at least had a little bit of steam, a little bit of momentum going before it peters out about four minutes before it's supposed to be over. And they tack on multiple endings that don't need to and be there. And they even had like a like a full minute and a half of recap. Like if you missed yes. last episode, here's oh, this yeah. episode. And it just goes on. That's what I'm and saying, on man. They give these two parters to Christy Marks and then she she doesn't have the substance. Uh, although I think she's a smart writer. <laughs> I bet you uh, yeah, she, I mean, she, she got did paid put herself episodes. in the episode. And also I'm sure uh they were at the point where like we've got to fucking do sixty episodes. <laughs> what are we doing here? Like you, uh, uh, like we're short. We're short. Take that episode that you wrote and turn it into two episodes. Just go. But but there's not enough. Shut up. Just do it. <laughs> Add in something about swamp people. <laughs> Look, we already got Buzz working on a five-parter over here. You can squeeze out two. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, probably. Uh, so, yeah, the recap happens, and it felt like a super long recap, right? I mean, you made yeah. a reference to it earlier. Like, he basically, we might as well just watch this full episode again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost as long, mm-hmm. and that's on purpose, because they only have so much to say once again. Um, so the family, I don't know what I wrote there. <clears throat> I just wrote, so the family is just like the Joes, but I'm not sure what that's in reference to. The family is just like the Joes? Not sure. So moving on, uh, there's a great moment that happens early on. And Chan, maybe you could do me a poll here of uh, the Baroness responding to Scarlet. Yet Scarlet's down on the ground and Baroness is up in her airship. Oh. Because as we all know, G.I. Joe characters can hear each other no matter what's happening. They can all talk and respond to each other in real time, despite communications or lack thereof between them. Uh-huh. And there's just an amazing thing that happened like right out the gate. Where uh, Baroness is having a conversation with responding to Scarlet. In spite of what Cobra has done to them, they certainly won't hurt us. <laughs> That's what you think, theory. What? She's on an airship. <laughs> have well you above. Never, have you never done that? I absolutely. If I were like surveilling someone or something like that, if I were doing like one of those uh, stakeouts, right? And someone was like, "Man, those fucking pigs will never catch us," I'd be like. Oh, 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 that's what you think, yeah, motherfucker. I would totally do that. There's I no do that evidence on a daily of basis. surveilling, yeah. though. I, I just, I'm but just no, saying. she is surveilling. Is she, she is watching them. Okay. Well, then yeah. I missed that. Yeah. 100%. They're looking at screens because they're yeah. all plugged into uh, the, oh, the people. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Ray. Gosh, guys, I missed something on an episode. Guys, we have to get to the one most important thing, which is that the crystals sound like crickets. <laughs> sound like crickets. Uh, well, uh, I, did is yes. this the first time we've seen the Cobra Helicarrier? Yeah, that Cobra Helicarrier. It, it's it's reminiscent of the one from the actual intro, like forty five second GI Joe theme song yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it's way more generic looking. It's way more plain. I don't even remember any Cobra oh. iconography on it, dude. It's a Helicarrier. Right. The, uh, what what more do you want from it? <laughs> the one from the uh, the opening credits have like a giant cobra head on the front of it. I bet that one blew up and then they were like, "Ugh, make well, us another one fast. Don't do all the bells and whistles this time. We'll just end up destroying it." We saw it blow up. It's in the opening credits of the show. That's what that's what I'm saying. Everything that Cobra makes gets destroyed, so eventually, I feel like the guys who are building these things are going to be like, do you think we really need to go all out on the details or can we just assume it's going to be destroyed the next time they fight G.I.J.? I actually assumed that it was going to blow up. I was like, oh, this is just another temple situation. Exactly. (laughs) I hate to see this show up for one episode and then just go away. It's a flying temple. I mean, eventually, if you're an artist and that's your job, eventually you're going to get pissed. At, like, <laughs> like, like at some point, you're going to be like, oh, I did such a good job on those snake heads last time. You know what? I'm not going to do it again. We call no those, one appreciates we it. We call those assets that do not get used again. <laughs> 
uh, unappreciated assets. But yeah, and as soon as they're using this giant generic helicopter carrier to to pick up exploding crystals, uh-huh. where else are we going to go with that yep. other than this thing is blowing up at some point? Yep, yep. Uh, happening. So uh, the people uh, start resisting like immediately. Like this this plan is not necessarily great on Cobra's part because they're just like shoot them and the people won't shoot them. And this is like first mm-hmm. field test that they're on. Yeah. At which point, uh, the uh, the Cobra scientist who we learned is named Doctor Marks. Yes, indeed. Yep. Which is fantastic. Yep. Or maybe I wonder if her husband was uh, actually a doctor. And she's like, "Hey, honey, I wrote you into the script." Or she's a huge Karl Marx fan. That was the other a thing. Huge I was thinking Karl Marx fan. Like, and is Doctor Marx and Doctor Lenin, Doctor Stalin. <laughs> we don't think Groucho Marx when we think of Marx. We immediately go to communism. Yeah. I mean, this I, is this is the Cold War. This is. Uh, uh, United Fair States of America, 1985. Well, I guess I would explain that then. A communist supporting Cobra, but he he develops a conscience all of a sudden. He no, he had eh. one in the last episode too. It didn't seem like as much of one. Like he gets much more aggressive. You're right. He does have that moment where he says, uh, "You know, you'll fry their brains. You can't do that." And yeah. Cobra's like, "What? We're a Cobra. What do you? Why do you think, think we care?" It's been established that all of the scientists that work for Cobra are usually a little bit more, a little bit less morally bankrupt than the rest of them. I know because there's the only similar one that I had was the guy who had the girlfriend who was in jail with Cobra's creatures. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he and wanted to get his girlfriend out. But he was a terrible human being, was as awful. was his girlfriend. But he liked his girlfriend. <laughs> You know uh, but what? This okay, w- that's you know what that that works for me. <laughs> also, though, uh, it's also a practical matter. It's like you're going to fry their brains if you do that, and then you've got nothing. So don't. That's turn true. It up. Yeah. And then um, you've ruined the lives of some Joes. At least you get some collateral damage done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're planning to kill these people. <laughs> I mean, that is essentially where the end game goes anyway. Yeah, so but I bet who he's, cares? I bet he's thinking like, okay, the Joes are military figures who who signed up to be killed and be in battle. These are their innocent family members. So you guys, I have one question here. Uh, did did Cobra, through their conscience and with the, the family members and whatnot, did they put all these family members through weapons training? Because why does every single kid, every single family member, uh, grandpa spirit, they all know how to use laser rifles. Uh, do they? Because they definitely don't hit any of the Joes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, it, uh, Nobody on Cobra hits any of the Joes. This Scarlet's is standard Cobra weapon springing. training. Uh, but also, there's just 13 of them w- just shooting a wall of lasers. Yeah. And that's all. They're, sometimes they hit things. Most of the time, they don't. When they're right next to the, the door of the, uh, uh, the all-terrain vehicle at the end, they all hit it across well, the does, At some point, they do say, like, aim for the wheels. And yeah. they've knocked that truck right out. That's they true. certainly do. But the thing is, if you're brainwashed, you can do anything. Is that how it works? Yes. Like, if you were to just suddenly brainwash me and then be like, you're a kung fu expert, I would just suddenly know kung well, fu? Well, I think it's easier to, like, aim a weapon than it is to, you know, get your get your old body to do, move in certain ways. I don't know. It's like, we can't... <laughs> Thank you. We, <laughs> we can't even trust gun owners today. <laughs> To not like shoot themselves accidentally, you know, it's just like it's just strange to me that these people had no training. Jesse is freaking what 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh-huh. Thunder's uh, underage sister, assuredly. Well, maybe she's been hunting, you know, she is from Kentucky. Thank you, people of Kentucky, the good folks of the mm-hmm. bluegrass state. Yeah, but she shot a gun. Before. You, you guys know your guns, but I will not take that away from you. You guys do know your guns at a younger age, there. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe that's what it is right there. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I don't remember if we talked about this last time, but that ATV, that's not a thing that was ever a toy, right? We mentioned it, and uh, no, I don't believe that was ever a real thing. Everything else in the episode, except for also the helicarrier, the right, generic-looking right. thing, like that that's, would never made a toy. That either. sort of makes sense, because it would be uh, like, it would be 
horrendously expensive. And like the yeah. flag uh, probably sold pretty well, but also not everybody got to have one of those. And like a helicarrier would be super expensive. And right, I remember when the flag came out, it was a hundred bucks. It was the big thing. Is it was the hundred dollar GI Joe. Uh, a bot playset, right. basically, and I never got one because the price point was way too high. I could get like a Nintendo instead, mm-hmm. and in chose instead to get a Sega Master System, Aww. the ultimate of Aww. cons. I've missed out on a lot of stuff, guys. Uh, but also, I feel like um, that it base when when they told Gung Ho to take over driving. A what in God's name do you need two drivers it goes on in either two side of a truck for? That's a good point. But it very much seemed like something that um, you would make as a toy and you would put into a cartoon and a kid would be like, holy shit, that's just like a fire truck except like times 10. <laughs> it's like an extreme version of the dude at the end of the fire truck. Like the other, he gets to take over in case something goes wrong. Maybe they were just testing the waters with it. Like they put yeah. it out there and to see if like kids responded to it. And if so, maybe it was a down the line toy they could yeah. release. Or I bet like they, they did like a prototype and it would be too expensive or something like that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Also true. Huh? Uh, well, I like the fact that Spirit just looks at them inside their costume, Cobra costumes being shot at and immediately figures out exactly yeah. what's happening. Yeah, how does he know all this? I had that in my notes. I was like, how does Spirit know what's happening? This is an episode that wastes at least four to five minutes of unnecessary anything where they run out of stuff to do. Here's an opportunity right here, Christy Marks, where maybe G.I. <laughs> Joe could have gone back to the lab and spent two minutes yeah. trying to figure out what was happening. Well, I mean, the situation was they had these crystals and <laughs> they had they had it on a slow boat to China. <laughs> and it's not like you, you know, you can just take a break and like, well, let's spend a couple of days trying to figure this out. I guess, but it was just the fact he looks and goes like, oh, obviously there's a command center controlling their minds. Yeah. Obviously, it's well, so yeah. clear. I mean, it's my like control. they could have figured some, like they could have stumbled upon it, and someone could be like, "There's a control center up here," or one of their helmets could have been knocked off, and they would have seen the discs on their yeah, head. Anything something. really? Be less lazy, writers. I'm pretty sure that take uh, that, Christy Marks. Your day in the sun is over. Oh, we're not going to knock her down a lot. I like her. Episodes. Knocking her down a peg or two. Oh. She's going to show up one day and be the new showrunner of your show. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Like, I've heard your podcast. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, although, I will say this. Uh, glowing eyes, obviously, it's mind okay. control. And obviously, there's some place nearby that's controlling them. And again, going back to Cobra's creatures, you knew the animals were controlled because their eyes were glowing. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, you know, very similar scientists. Now, well, I just, it's side point aside from the episode. Why are these crystals so important? Cobra has missiles and other things that blow up. Why are these crystals, these things which are volatile, unlike missiles, Mm. bombs, and things they can generally rely on to blow up when they need to, these can't even be opened, you know, on a construction site without just exploding. Mm -hmm. Because they're teeny tiny and they do have an enormous amount of explosive power. They can probably figure out a way to uh, make them a little more stable, still have the same explosive powers. They want to experiment on them. Yeah. Uh, And of course, this will get rid of all of them and all of the uh, research is already gone. So I, I guess it just, it just struck me halfway through the episode two here where I was just like, uh, okay, they blow up. They don't blow up in any spectacular way. There's no radioactive fallout. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just a generic explosion. See, if we're going to skip ahead to the end, that was super disappointing because oh gosh, yes, I, that entire mountain full of crystal, uh, you would have think it would have leveled half the state. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it's just like eh, a few hundred feet and the people next to it are fine. 
I just have fun. here in my yeah. notes that explosion wasn't so bad. Nope. <laughs> it wasn't I don't know bad why I have to all. go to fucking Mojave to clear it out. I do also think like of the two inventions in this episode, mind control is a lot more cool yes. and just <laughs> impressive. Well, I don't know though because the mind control on children barely works. Yeah, but they said it sort of worked on weak-minded uh cobra soldiers. Right. So I think that they could, you know, just get a bunch of idiots to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Well, they already have, you know, uh, rank and file to do that, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Uh, the other thought is, what happened to the plot point about the crystals growing? Because they cut them into oh, gold yeah. bar-sized things, and then right. we cut to the very end. They're still just in the truck. You'd think they'd be banging into each other and stuff because they were growing. That's mm. true. That was the whole reason they had to get rid of them in the first place. Maybe when they cut them, it's like cutting a flower. Right. The crystals Which died. Is, that's how crystals work. <laughs> yeah. They uh, were living things, then you cut them, and then they don't, and then mm-hmm. they die. Like a delicate flower. Mm-hmm. Like Thunder Sister. <laughs> <laughs> Approaching womanhood. I'm just the worst person in the world. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So, G.I. Joe comes up with a big plan, knockout gas. And my immediate thought, I don't know about you guys, was, aren't they wearing protective suits? Yeah. Immediate, immediately. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, and it turns out they shoot the knockout gas at them and uh, nothing happens because... Because, because I'm not even sure this is gas. Hold on. That is the sound of bubbles. That is not the sound of gas canisters. Yep. That's that's if you're playing bubble bobble mm-hmm. and a lot of bubbles come at you. I've at heard once. the sound of gas of tear gas canisters being <laughs> shot. That is not that sound. Uh, I do have right here. Please pull sound effect for <laughs> knockout gas because that is absolutely amazing. Uh, my my mind went to a much more uh, a terrible place. I thought of it as just weird like sound effects uh, looping for a porn film. Oh, I was thinking actually like um, video game characters getting smaller and larger, like Mario. When oh he- yeah, uh, dirt, dirt, dirt. Gina, Gina, hold on just a moment here. Ray, yes. What sort of porn are you watching? Duh, that, hentai not- porn. Thank you. I have seen some hentai porn. I, see, I do not I've recall. seen a lot of hentai porn. I'm pretty sure at some point there's probably a bubble sound effect somewhere. Uh, Wait, the- attached to a bubble, some sort of bubble thing. Oh, oh. I'm just saying that this is completely. Chan, here's the deal. Uh, what I was specifically referring to was clown porn and a clown ejaculating. I think he would absolutely make that sound in a, in some CP. Oh, God. I will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's something I want. I'm saying it's something that crossed it my happens. mind. It just happens. It, clown porn happens, kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it either. Mm-hmm. But it was right there on the... On the uh, Counter on the front of uh, of the, the counter. Oh, the, uh, yeah, that somebody had just ordered. Somebody just <laughs> yeah, it was a whole rack of clown porn, and I did not mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I did not buy it, and in, I regret that decision every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> those are the, those are the moments, kids. You got to take advantage. Uh, yeah, this plan, right in its nature, has flaws. So my understanding is they're trying to recover the crystals. So they send theoretically untrained family members to go get them but the big thing is like they can't be shaken so we're going to trust people who are under mind control no i don't think they were supposed to retrieve them i think that they were supposed to like separate the joes and keep them busy keep them boxed in yeah so that cobra could come and get the crystals themselves yeah do the whole sand uh sand crawler thing where they come and just lift yeah spice harvester off the sand Before the sandworms come, but yeah, I think they were. I think they were a distraction because obviously they're not going to kill their family members. Well, they're there because they would not hurt their family members right. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, but they keep shooting at the truck. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I guess we true. don't care if they blow it up. Or they do. No, no. At some point, doesn't the Baroness say, like, it's worth it if it'll take out all of you? She 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 makes the point at the very end of the episode or towards the end before the four minutes of uh, Lord of the Rings episode three style vamping yeah. that happens with every false ending in, known to mankind. She says, we want the crystals, but if we can't get them, blowing y'all up is okay. Yeah. It's a plan B that we could be very happy with here at Cobra yeah. HQ. Yeah, so I think she's cool with it the whole way through. If it gets blown up, it gets blown up. At least they'll take out some Joes. I guess my thought is just if we're happy with it blowing up and we can live with that, why not just send like bombs and air raids to just... Because just if you can take get it, okay. it'll be a huge uh, uh, coup for them. So, so. They're, ta- they're taking a shot at it. Yeah, I mean, uh, their fallback plan is is great as well, but if you get, you know... If you get the A game, they'll go on. Well, this leads us to the most number one, most diabolical, most effective, cost-efficient trap in history of G.I. <laughs> Joe, mm-hmm. the giant net. This yeah. is – so the fact that it's Wild Bill <laughs> makes me think like, oh, he he has used his G.I. Joe money to buy a private stretch of land. And once a year, he hunts humans on that land. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and he just like kidnaps like maybe like – 12 people and sets them loose on this like several acres of land mm. and that's and that's why he has that net i'm gonna start drinking and when i wake up y'all are dead motherfuckers yes i was already uh, i was already worried because when you see <laughs> wild bill hovering over you yeah when that, when that helicopter stops just you know that people are gonna die well just like in the episode where they were fighting the gang members mm-hmm. and he just opens fire on children this is mm-hmm. what i'm saying i don't know if you guys have ever seen uh i think it's predator four the one with um predator four there's a four there's predator on the island yeah. predator two's in the city with danny glover and then there's predators predators there's but, also but alien it's the new new but one techni- alien, two but of them technically mm-hmm. the fourth one of the Predator series. Oof, boy. I, th- mm. I believe because there Are you was- talking about Predator the animated series? <laughs> is where they have like a friendly uh, no, Predator it, it and like is, his little it is buddy. Predators. Are you Pred- talking about to catch a Predator? <laughs> Chris Hansen? Predito yeah, is the little yeah. is his little buddy and they go around uh, invisibly murdering people. <laughs> Uh, no, there's a Topher Grace is in it, and, and I believe that's Predators. Yes, which is also yeah. the fourth in the Predator series. What's that's the third? Rich Rodriguez Rodriguez the third is Alien versus Predator. I see what you're saying, and then so AVP it's so it's Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator, five. Danny Glover Predator, right. AVP, AVP right. is and call Predators it. is number four, oh. and then AVP two would be number five. I didn't realize there was a fourth one in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you could see how well it was received, mm. but and it sa- didn't really go anywhere. I'm saying this is what Wild Bill does. He brings he mm-hmm. brings people mm-hmm. to his so aliens can fight them on his territory. Yeah, what is happening? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're near Wild Bill at a party and three laser dots appear on your <laughs> chest, run. Yeah, just run. He's no. If you're near him at a party, don't drink anything he hands you because <laughs> you're gonna wake up on on four acres of his land, and he's gonna just say the rules are run. Man, it's a cool breeze here oh man i'm just waking up uh is this a net am i I under a helicopter oh shit wild bill got me (laughs) i also thought it was weird that uh gung-ho's uh driving this truck and he's driving over uh rocks yeah he's not sliding over to the cliff and then uh he's terrible driving he just barely manages to pull it out they're still on the slippery ass rocks and try to get over and what's he do bing thumbs up everybody in the truck (laughs) bing thumbs up all four people in the truck Bing, yeah. thumbs up. 
put your other fucking hand on the wheel, man. You're about to. You're still about to die. This that's when I'm maneuver. jumping out of that truck. Yeah. That's when I'm like, yeah. this is on you. I don't care what's down there that's about to blow up from this, but I'm getting out. I had a thought here. Why not just like since we we've established at the end of the episode, and maybe they didn't know. So this is hindsight being 2020. Just get out of the big vehicle and just let it roll off the cliff. Yeah, I'm it seems assuming like that there's something at the bottom of the cliff, like a town. It was or just something. water. The town was in the other direction, dusty and footloose, because there weren't enough characters in this episode. <laughs> Show up to tell us that. Then yeah, I have no idea. I say push that push that truck over the cliff. There's probably like salmon farms down there in the oh, water, yeah. and you know you don't want right. to destroy all that aquaculture. And, yeah, and overfishing really uh, is a problem these days. <laughs> just uh, don't overfish. Greenpeace donate today. Did you just? pull a word out of your brain yes. that didn't have any relation to anything other than like, oh, uh, what's the thing that's well water? Uh, Greenpeace. Yeah, Greenpeace. Say Greenpeace. Well, Greenpeace, <laughs> Greenpeace opposes overfishing and whaling. Uh, whaling is a completely different thing from uh, farming. Would you, say, would you say that harvesting whales is overfishing because you're supposed to do zero and people are doing it? Whales aren't fish. They're mammals. I count it all the same. <laughs> Uh, so we have, so they let them go in the net. They try to try to fly them away. And my first thought is, why do they let them keep their guns? <laughs> it doesn't even come into play as it turns out, but this is a perfect opportunity to disarm them. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Or take off, in, take off their, uh, take off their helmets. Masses. Well, it's a good thing they didn't because the uh, body suits uh, emit like a, a laser device that cuts the net. I thought mm-hmm. it was like a superheated thing. Um, I couldn't really super I thought it was exterior. like uh, like net destroying electricity. Oh, um, I just didn't think nets could be destroyed in the GI Joe universe. It I mean, very powerful. I assumed that the, the exterior was super hot and melted those nets. Yes. Sure. Well, then they they fall apart. They they fall out and there's water below them, so we know they're fine, uh-huh. right? But uh-huh. for the first time, GI Joe actually admits, like, well, if they didn't have those suits to be protecting them, they mm-hmm. would have died from that. And I'm like, yeah. we've seen people jump out of 80 story buildings and land in dumpsters. And yeah, yet, but these are civilians. Oh, yeah. they're not trained. <laughs> they can still use every weapon. NATO and Warsaw packed arms, mm-hmm. small arms. Excuse me, Jim. Yeah, well. Don't make sure I get that one wrong. I thought to myself, and this is maybe where I'm awful. This is how I want to go. I want to be mind-controlled by Cobra and dropped out of a net into the ocean, not a care in the world, feeling like a total badass for blowing the net and then falling into the ocean. I think if you got to go, that's how I pick. I think it would be torturous because they clearly are somewhat aware somewhere in their minds that this is going on. This is like those waking nightmares. Where, yes, uh, yes. You wake up and you can't move, but there's a thing like at the end, at the foot of the bed that's... The night terrors. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, somehow I feel like it would be like like a pillowy cloud, and you feel like you're <laughs> flying, and then you're like it's like it's like the end of Neverending Story with Falcor, and then you're just like flying around with the bullies, and then you hit the water, <laughs> and it's over. I mean, if you got to go, mm-hmm. it seems like a pretty awesome way to do it. Mind controlled with a gun, laser gun, dressed in a cobra suit. Mm-hmm. No, nope. no, I'm morbid. Nope. That's all I'm getting. No. Nope. Well, then cutting over to uh, Secret Crimson Guardsman in a hydrofoil in a boathouse. Yeah. This guy's a bad ass. I freaking love this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the Cobra More, which is one of the, uh, which was the biggest G.I. Joe toy I ever had. Yes, that's a good one. Of it. I, I appreciated that one as well. Uh, I had to buy it when I was visiting my grandmother because my mother would not let me play with G.I. Joes. Oh, oh you've mentioned the- that before mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. Now, yeah. How much did that traumatize you as a kid? 
Uh, well, no, I mean, I just, it was just like, oh, I can't do a thing. Well, let's figure out how to work a way right. around it. So I snuck him into my Star Wars uh, action figures, uh-huh. which was totally fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, then then they both got to play with the with the guns and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what happened to the hydrofoil, but... Uh, no, it's Jabba's barge. <laughs> oh, yes, that's what that is. <laughs> it would have worked. Uh, I actually had friends when I was growing up. We were all big G.I. Joe fans. And I actually did have friends who did not play with G.I. Joes. And I'd be like, well, what's up? G.I. Joe's awesome. What are you doing? And they're like, well, I've had family members that have died in war. Yeah. So my parents don't let us play with war toys. There you go. Yeah, I have to say, I don't think, I think that I think that that's not something I would be too keen on. I mean, my, my brother and I didn't watch it, so we played with He-Man figures and Star Wars figures, mm-hmm. and it was still like they were having a war. Did they murder each other? Yeah. 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 Yeah, like ours. the good He-Man figures murdered the bad He-Man figures. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Oh, that's weird. But yeah, like I, I do, world. I feel like there's, there's, like my logic as a parent would be, yeah, He-Man lives in a fictional place and these are fictional characters same with star wars gi joe is real well it's like set like i wouldn't want anything glorifying the military okay so that my kid would grow up and be like yeah the military is awesome yeah i want to join it i don't know that one necessarily because i grew up loving all that stuff and loving military stuff and war games and all that stuff and i grew up to be a fat slob who never would think about serving so it doesn't doesn't I mean, have cause and effect necessarily. Yeah, I saying. don't think it necessarily does. I just would. I just probably like it would be enough for me to be like, well, I don't really want to give money to a show that's specifically about how great the U.S. military is. Sure, sure. That would well, be my thinking. I mean, I feel the same way about all the law and orders. So <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Glorifying police and uh, DAs. Mm, yep, and they're gonna figure. They're gonna find out the the real per- uh, the real perpetrator every single time. Was Mariska Hargitay? Um, yeah, that's, every single time. It turns that's, out she's that's a, true to life. Crime. Crime rate uh, clearance is 100%. Well, mm-hmm. Can I go ahead and go on record to say I support our men and women of armed service once again? <laughs> and the men and women of the Blue Shield are great law the, enforcement wait, professionals. The, the insurance company? Blue Cross Blue Shield of Memphis. I'm a big fan. <laughs> That's how I get my uh, health care. I will say, though, uh, what you do is you let your kids uh, watch the G.I. Joes at the age of nine. Uh, and then at about nine and a half, you show them Platoon, oh, Hamburger geez. Hill. Oh, God. You it. show them all the stuff like, uh, that is what real wars is like, kid. Yeah, the, his guts are on the outside. Wait, so That's you, how that so happens. So you let them get invested and think it's awesome and then tear the rug out from under them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do the opposite. I show them um, uh, Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. So uh-huh. that way they'll associate war with terrible, terrible writing and directing. Oh no, that's perfect for a nine-year-old. They're like, <laughs> "Awesome, war is fun," and, and like, "Don't oh. want to <laughs> miss a thing." I <laughs> uh, believe that's Armageddon. Don't yeah, worry about you're that. thinking of uh, Armageddon. Yeah. Man. Is there really a difference if you break it down? <laughs> yes, one has an asteroid. The other, and the other has an asshole, Ben Affleck. No, what? Right. I hey, th- everybody. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Ben Affleck was in that. By the way. Was he in both of them? There's like, yes, uh, there's a million famous people in both of those movies. People that weren't famous Cuba yet, Gooding Jr. Yeah, there we go. Well, uh, thankfully, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. now has his borders open, so we can all go and visit him. Uh, I get nope. it. I get it. <laughs> no, not going there? Nope. Can't get anything for that one. <sighs> so we, uh, we Joes have basically five minutes, which is a very... Shock! It's just weird that they just pulled that number kind of magically to go oh, take down crazy. the Cobra Wait, base. Wait, is this before uh, uh, yes. they say, uh, um, is it this? Free their minds before you can free their body. I just totally yeah. wanted to have like a, a 90s uh, girl. Free your mind. Yeah. Uh, don't be so shallow. Uh, don't be so shallow is what I wrote in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> to that point. 
Spirit should have been the um, the fourth member of In Vogue. Once again, we had time for it. We could have had a dance number right yeah. there fit comfortably into this episode. Mm-hmm. Because we're basically two-thirds of the way through right now, and my notes are almost done. Yeah, mine do. Well, the Joes are going to attack the base, and the, the scientist, Dr. Marks, is freaking out. He is yep. he is having... He needs, like, a... a, a, a Blood pressure pills. Oh, yeah. Because he is absolutely going to like have an aneurysm in his brain any second. Well, he's not going to be able to get a job after this. Do you think it's going to be a black mark on his record? Uh, yeah, I think they're going to be like, where was your last job? And he's going to be like, I was a Cobra scientist. Oh, did you have any horrible disasters with one of your inventions? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing worked. Uh, so- ar- arguable. Like, how do you feel about uh, having your lab above ground? Like, ooh, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. <laughs> just that I've spent so much time subterranean research and whatnot. Look, we need you in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. We need new ways to make boners. <laughs> Come on, Dr. Marks. They found me. Uh, so... So the, the soldiers come out, they attack the G.I. Joes, and I just wrote down here, on average, it only takes about two Joes to destroy an entire Cobra base, mm-hmm. and he's got six at his back door. Yep. He has a right to be nervous, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. because Very this is an insanely high number for this type of mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the scientist I had written also here, he's super coked up, right? Yep. Like, he is manic. He, he reminds me a little bit oh. of Scarface in that last scene uh, of the, the movie. See. Hold on. Mm. He he is super excitable. I have a feeling he was screaming that three hours before they even showed up. I know they're here. I know they're outside. Oh, man, I'm coming down. I'm coming down and it hurts, man. That's not a scientist you want on your payroll. (laughs) To be fair, who do you think he got it from? I believe he got it from that guy from Studio 54, Cobra. From the R&R base. Maybe that's his dealer. very chill. No, it's his dealer, though. Oh, yeah. the Coke, right. Mm-hmm. Makes sure, sure, sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he gets away, too. So we're, I don't know if we see this guy again. I don't know if he's going to pop back in at a future episode. Yeah, just door closed, gone. Door Hopefully. closed, gone. A quick kick's like, ah, well. Meh. Yeah. It's G.I. Joe. Everybody gets away. We don't <laughs> care. Yeah. Uh, but they have 30 seconds once he runs away before uh, making contact with the uh, the families. So they've got a, they've got 30 seconds to turn off the, the magic rays. Right, and we have about... An hour and a half worth of diplomacy and quick thinking that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As the people in that room have a conversation in about three or four seconds of, we should we should blow up the machine. Oh, but our families could die. Well, they could die if we don't do it. Okay, I see your point. Sounds good. Let's all shoot. Okay, let's shoot. And then Damn. they take it out. Mm-hmm. And it was like Starfleet diplomacy, and I really appreciated that. <laughs> that they were actually at least, at least talking through the action. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, by putting a time constraint on them, we could have stretched that out over another yep. minute yep. easily and maybe even correctly. Why not yeah. say 10 minutes instead of five? <laughs> still, still. Because uh, 10 pressure. minutes to a little kid is an eternity. It's fact. <laughs> yeah. Like these were only seven uh, or six minute segments between commercials. So you can exactly. run off a beat. It's just a classic case, though, where they, they and I see this a lot in sketch comedy where people sort of like solve their problems super quickly. And then the sketch is done like two minutes before, it, it, you know, you could have gotten more steam out of what you were writing, except you, you got to the point way too fast instead of playing with the moments a little bit more. Mm-hmm. A- and it just this episode feels just like that to me of here's here's an opportunity here. where We could have taken some time with it. Here's an opportunity here. Whereas the previous episode, episode one, we spent half the episode, like a good 14 minutes of screen time, meeting the families of all these people. Whereas here, it's just, you know, spirit immediately. 
oh, I see where, what the exact problem is. Here, we have 30 seconds to blow up the bomb. Go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And they decide to blow up the panel. Mm-hmm. Take a shot. Ends up being a good decision. You know what they should have done is they should have broken up all of those introductions and uh, scattered them out as flashbacks throughout the episode. Oh. That would have been great. Like mm-hmm. you just you close up on uh, Spirit's uh, uh, niece and she's shooting and mm-hmm. she's just flashback and it's you know like oh I'm here I am at my you know uh, womanhood thing and I'm gonna do this <laughs> oh no I'll be captured Wait, womanhood thing mm-hmm. uh, because it was a it was a big info dump at the yeah. last half of that uh, mm-hmm. one I, thing. I I didn't think about it like that. I think you're exactly right as a writer because if if you just stretch those out, you can do moments of now moments of flashback. Like mm-hmm. every TV show does these days. Yeah. X-Files did it. Uh, uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul's coming back. Walking Dead, Lost. All these shows do that exact same narrative structure. Mm-hmm. And here it's just, here's everything now. And then the last half of the episode is everything that's happening alongside of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's really good, Chan. I like that. You hire me. <laughs> hire me back in 1985. Hire Chan to write your two-part G.I. Joe episodes. <laughs> if you got them, everybody. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Jesse's got a rock right now, and Jesse, they, they shoot the d- doors off the giant vehicle. Yep, they melt through. Jesse's a lefty. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that anybody else really had a moment about that. I just... I didn't notice it. He, he's got his left hand with the rock, which means that's his natural throwing arm. Hold on. I'm going to play handed. this because I marked it off, and I think it's possibly because uh, it's more of a... Uh, uh, hmm, what is this? Any attempt to tamper with the machine will destroy their minds. Ah, yes. <laughs> it is crazy doctor. He's gone <laughs> nuts in that moment. But it, destroy their minds. It's got to be drugs, though, because he, mm-hmm. if he really cared enough, because it, it seems like it's coming from a place of, I, I care about your families, mm-hmm. and I know stuff you don't know. Right. I'm trying yeah. to stop you from hurting your families. I believed him in that moment. Did you? I did. I did, because he had said it earlier. He was saying things earlier to the Baroness, like, oh, if you crank this up too high, you could destroy their minds. Right. I just think he's having a coke-fueled meltdown in that moment. <laughs> Everything. And it's Everything's just, destroying your yeah. minds. And it's just in that moment, he happens to be talking about their families. That's true. As opposed to that being what worked him up, because he's a mess. Mm-hmm. Like, you see him, he starts, he seems pretty lucid. Mm-hmm. In episode one, he's fairly put together but the time he ends the episode this guy's character arc has just gone to crazy town Mm -hmm. and he's going to be gibbering in a corner i think he got through that panel on the side of the base and escaped made it two steps and just popped into a corner and just started rocking back and forth in the fetal position Mm -hmm. i feel like uh honestly he stuck out because everybody else is just sort of like hey we got a job to do Mm -hmm. and he's like (laughs) Uh, but i feel like Everybody in this cartoon should be that way. Yes. Turn them all up to 11. Just just blast out the speakers. Well, you got Cobra Commander always up at 11. Yeah. You've got this guy always up at 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destro Loki. Baroness fluctuates up and down. Yeah. She's, she was pretty uh, on edge this episode. She was just, yeah. Towards the end, especially, she's she loses her poop. Mm-hmm. But the Joes, you're right. The Joes stay at about a level about two or three. Mm-hmm. And never really get higher than that. Low energy. They're the Low ben, energy. They're the Ben Carson of the animation. <laughs> Topical, with the one exception, hmm? Wild Bill. Oh yeah. Well yeah. He's just yeah. He's just he goes from path. one to eleven, <laughs> and he hunts a human. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's some great lounge music in the background of this moment right here, as the, as the GI Joe blows up the machine, and I just I just wrote down stellar lounge music. Do we have a pull it all what? for that? I do not recall this. Um. Jesse, there's got 
this. It'd be after that. The, that cricket noise is the crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We at least got the cricket noise. No, no, no. Try, try the one a little bit after that. Okay. Oh, yeah, down here. Okay, hold on. Look here. Everything is a-okay. <laughs> that is weird. That's that's where I I wrote in my notes group hug. So that's yes. how I knew that's what you were looking for. Yeah, it's just like, hey, welcome back to the GI Joe Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be Wild Bill. I'll be your uh, cocktail pianist tonight, playing a little rousing number called "The Cobra That Got Away" Lounge Edition. Oh, you missed that. The Cobra that got away. Cocktail I wonder what pianist? she's up to. Yeah, cocktail pianist. I don't mean that in a dirty way, Chan. You do. Wait a minute. How do you make drinks while playing piano? No, it's in a cocktail lounge. Uh huh. And it'd be the piano player the... for a cocktail lounge. It would be that a would be oppressive, pianist. though. If there was someone playing piano and mixing up cocktails. Uh, yeah, that I would, would be. Definitely I would go to that amazing. bar. Although I bet the cocktails would be bad. Piano oh. man. And I'll be pulling this handle on this beer tap while I play it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's about all you could make. A martini's probably out of the question. You're yeah. right. Uh, Rattlers show up, everybody. Baroness finally says, F this plan right in its B. I'm just going to blow up everybody. Mm-hmm. And there's a great moment right before this battle happens that the, 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 the family members are clearly away from the mind control. Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe takes them out of the protective battle suits that has been that saved them multiple times in this episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thankfully, when the battle begins, they're back to wearing their Daisy Dukes, mm-hmm. their karate geese, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and anything else that they showed up in. And I just have it written right here. Why the F are you possibly taking them out of the battle suits? But right before the battle happens. I mean, it's probably because they want to see that one girl and her Daisy Dukes running around. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, because that's gross. <laughs> jiggle, jiggle. <laughs> My court-appointed attorney has told me to refrain from talking about that. I've already been getting texts from him here. Uh, I surrender. Jesse, you freaking dummy. Jesse, uh, Shiprock's cousin. It takes him a little while. It takes him a little while to shake it off. It takes him longer to shake it off. He's younger. I want to help, too. And he runs out. And how is he helping? He's just standing in the middle. He has a North by Northwest moment. Oh, yeah. That is definitely a thing that kids do in G.I. Joe. Oh, my gosh. All kids are idiots. Dumb boys are like, I want to help. This is why I would kill him. Ah, Okay, fair (laughs) enough. I just have, just, I want to help. Let me do this thing that actually, like, doesn't help anybody mm-hmm. and in fact makes their lives more difficult. He'll, Freaking kids, am I he'll right? Remember Dummies. this moment, like at some day when he's someday when he's like having sex with a woman when he's like twenty four, he's gonna remember this moment. <laughs> Is he gonna have, lose his virginity at twenty four? No, no. I'm just saying, like he he will have already lost it. Oh, okay. At some point, but then like once he's done it a bunch while he's when he's twenty four. That's when he'll like have a flashback and he and he'll just be like, oh my god, why? Like I was such a little. A little pussy. What was I mean, doing? so much so that uh, Spirit's dad says, here, take the boy. And he fucking shoves him he does. into the he, knees. He absolutely casts him aside <laughs> like so much garbage. As he should. But then, oh, my goodness. But then he's all like, go, do as I say. I'm like, motherfucker, she's a woman now. How dare you? She's, Whoa, a, she's an okay. evil. Don't, don't oh. you know, patriarchal right at this point. Well, we don't know the customs of his particular That's tribe. True. Oh, I see. So it's cool then uh, <laughs> to uh, be misogynist just because it's uh, I'm cultural. Not, I'm not saying that it's cool, Chan. I'm just saying perhaps these people need our caring and understanding. Oh, so you think you know better than uh, the Native American people? No, I'm telling you, you need to follow the Native American people and follow their example. Oh, so I should Whatever. be a misogynist asshole is what you're saying. Well, it'd probably help a little bit, you know. 
Yeah, no, I've tried. <laughs> Have you? See, I've mean never known you to try. Not making eye contact at all. <laughs> No, I just no. figured that was antisocial behavior. Mm-hmm. You tell me that was based no, in misogyny. Anti-Chan behavior. Yep. <laughs> Fake misogyny. Mm-hmm. Boy, if I just walk around like I hate women, I'll finally get women. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and then, yeah, the explosion happens uh, because of the, I've written down, the improbable Indian Rattler shot. Right. A sniper shot from old Gramps, who apparently was uh, covert ops this guy back knows in Vietnam. It. Yeah. This guy's been trained yeah. by something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he fought in the Old West and he's just still around these days. Nope. He's got the same laser rifle that everybody else on this damn show does. And he drops a plane. A plane from quite a distance. Now that the plane is starting to dip and crash, mm-hmm. decides to come back up in the air, yep. turn direction with mm-hmm. nobody piloting it. That's how that works. And then crashes <laughs> into the row, one of the two suspension ropes holding the truck from the uh, helicarrier. Mm-hmm. It's the most important probable thing I've ever seen in my entire G.I. Joe experience. But impressive. Oh, Oh, super impressive. I mean, he shot an incendiary round somehow that Mm -hmm. caused an immediate fire in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense to me. Of all the improbable things we've seen on G.I. Joe so far, this is the one for me. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. I can't explain it this on any is level. It? Not the episode where there were ghosts? No. <laughs> At least the ghosts I can explain. The freaking the, the, the butterflies that turn into gas. I could at least rationalize in my head. Or this, the, I'm or, out. Or the episode where an inchworm turns into a giant, all-consuming blob. <laughs> I can still go with that. Chan is the same. Ah, I just got you to it. admit that it was an inchworm that did it. Oh. I'm now starting to see your point. Mm-hmm. But this one, this is the one moment where they lost me a little bit. It was a little, mm-hmm. it was a little much, especially given that we have like four minutes of episode left to go. Sure. There's plenty of stuff that could have happened that would be more probable. Mm-hmm. Maybe even easier to animate. I don't know. We didn't go with that. Uh, the, the the thing that's the hardest for me to believe is is in a second when they go when they say, "Oh wait, there was someone else's info here." It's like, what? <laughs> wait. So you went after everyone except for that one, <laughs> this one last one. And as soon as he says the clan. Like, an entire clan of people. I'm like, oh, that's why they didn't go after them, because it's too many people. Yes. But then she goes after them by herself anyway. Sure, Yeah, and well, first tacked-off ending is that. The tacked-on ending is is back at base. They had to do that for the same reason that they had to do the whole plane thing, because you (laughs) knew if they were going to try and grapple this big uh, uh, ATV full of crystals, that it, it was something... Cobra was going to be the thing. Oh, yeah. Actually, she didn't go after them by herself. She just went after them with very easily dispatched Cobra red shirts. Well, it's just weird because they say we uh, it turns out we thought they only got six file cards. It turns out they got seven before the machine locked them out, Uh Mm. which is already just like, shouldn't the machine have locked them out after like one Mm -hmm. or zero? Mm -hmm. Like the second. Maybe if your security's worth a darn when Storm Shadow pops the uh, disc in to steal the information. I mean, it rejects it. The colonel dude was all like our deepest apologies. We got strict measures to make sure this doesn't happen again. Uh huh. Unless, you know, we've got an episode where shit, <laughs> yeah. you know, we just got to fill some time, so... Oh, we still have another, like, uh, what, 50 of these episodes to do? I guarantee we break into the Pentagon again at some point. <laughs> yeah, that Pentagon. Easy to break into. It's easy. But then, well, yes, it takes us to Gung Ho's uh, uh, Etienne, uh, Lafitte Etienne family. The Swamp People. The Swamp People. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was this racist? Was it a I little I don't think so, because they're, they're Frenchies. Here's the thing. 
French Cajuns. No, because they're white uh, people. My girlfriend is from Louisiana. I give her shit for it all the time. Just call, <laughs> it, just call her swamp trash. Uh, yes, it is uh, racist, against, but against whites. Uh, yeah, but they're also it's a specific that's type. A, it's like it's being racist thing. against people from West Virginia. There's a certain type of I didn't, yeah. White no people. one cares, though. and it's also no. that classist thing where, like, yeah, just because they're uneducated and you know poor, you know, you, you're not supposed to make fun of them. Uh, but I do. Yeah, but I, I, I will. Do. The the plan here though is they've took what six to eight Cobra members to, for every one to two people they were trying to abduct. Mm-hmm. Baroness uh-huh. takes six Cobra soldiers to take a hundred and thirty seven swamp people. Yeah. Although it, it's possible that uh, she had a whole bunch more because these people were like quietly swiping them uh, as they as went along. She could have had like two hundred of them. And uh, it's like the hills have eyes. This I is like terrifying. I like that they were polite enough to offer her gumbo after she tries to abduct they them. They and this was down. technically sort of sort of a Bechdel test pass because the first thing she says is where are the men, Uh-oh. which isn't a pass. Mm-hmm. But then one of the other ones says, like, you mean the men something something? And then you calling that a pass. I think and that, then they're yeah. but then but then a woman says, have some gumbo. And she goes, ah, yeah, hold on. OK, here we go. Well, let's find out. <laughs> you mean them? Tied up. Have some gumbo, lady. Thanks. There you go. Thanks, lady. No, beca- okay. So, so uh, technically, I guess not a pass because the first two things they talk about are the men. Are the men? But but then there's only one thing. Her, does her scream not count as, as a response? I mean. <laughs> Do we count the scream as a response to gumbo? <laughs> if we're counting the scream, then it's a Bechdel test pass. I don't know. I think that ah, might be... I wish if she had said, ah, gumbo, then it would have passed. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess that's a no. So we're calling it a no. That's a tough no. That's I mean, right on like the borderline. We'll call it a half. We'll call it a half a <laughs> yeah, pass. Yeah, we'll call it a half a pass. Well, you guys forgetting the most important character of the entire episode. What? The laughing alligator? The laughing alligator named Shushu. I Who love that he my, laughs. My spirit animal is Shoo Shoo. The I dog. want him to be one of the Joe animals now. <laughs> like the polar bear from that one episode that was all cool with the everything. The polar bear is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime we get a kind of a random animal. Yeah. I mean, this alligator loves loves jokes. <laughs> and he, gumbo. He does. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> And this is where we test the limit of like helping the Joes makes you a Joe team member because I have a hard time believing they're going to bring in all 137 members of the Etienne uh, clan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They could just be red shirts. That's oh, true. maybe, but they're very capable. <laughs> Oftentimes more capable than the Joes that we've well, seen. Well, only those like, few. What, what was the Baroness's plan here? Just to kill them all? This is what I'm wondering. She mm-hmm. has a pistol. And six dudes, and she thinks she's going to stop in on a family party, a block party, and take 137 mm-hmm. people with her? Mm-hmm. And how racist is it to assume that all 137 were at that party? Listen, I maintain... It, Just saying. A lot of people make fun of people from New Jersey. They make no. fun of Guidos from New Jersey. Stop it, Gina. I maintain you're allowed to make fun of whiteies. <laughs> yeah, I think you're well, you're definitely allowed to make fun of white people in general. I mean, there's a whole bunch of comedians who have made their entire career based on that premise, unless yeah. I'm mistaken. I think and half allowed, of them are white. <laughs> I think you're allowed to make fun of Guidos from New Jersey. You're allowed to make fun of the Lafitte clan from Louisiana. I don't know, because the rules are always punch up. And are swamp people up? I, I mean, would you call Guidos from New Jersey up? 
Well, they have money in theory. Those people from the Jersey Shore show are all millionaires now. Yeah, but the swamp trash have love <laughs> and gumbo. And they have love, gumbo, and so, but also like yeah, I mean shoo-shoo. some of those some of those people like the Jersey Shore people when they started weren't. No, none of them had any money at all. I mean, they were just like they were they were from middle class families, so it's not like you're punching down into poverty. Okay, but, but these people are clearly poor. <laughs> That's the, what the, I'm the saying. swamp people. The swamp people, yeah, very poor. Well, I mean, they have to eat gumbo every day. I'm still going to make fun of them. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> Somehow, if we, we've learned anything about ourselves today, it, is, it doesn't matter what kind of white person you are. We're going to make fun We're going to make fun of you. <laughs> and that, to me, seems like a wonderful point to uh, close it up on. So Bechtel test not passed. Or half passed. Half passed. We give it, well, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.45, <laughs> 0. 0.49. Yeah. Almost a half pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, that'll wrap it up for us this episode. Uh, tell us what you think on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Uh, you can email the show knowing is half the podcast at gmail.com. Wow. Or you can tweet at the show at G.I. Joe podcast. Does anyone ever email us? Uh, no. <laughs> Honestly, we get we get people talking to us on Twitter. We uh-huh. get people talking to us on Facebook. Do you check the email? I, I do. Yeah. Oh, OK. I, I check it I a couple times he a week. I checked it, but I was I like, I, I don't think we've ever gotten once, it. Once, like four months ago. Uh, it told me that I had logged into the Knowing Us Half the Podcast <laughs> email from a different place than usual. Uh-huh. And that was that the last me. email that we I mean, got. I've been signing that email address up for lots of porn. <laughs> it also is receiving a shocking amount of clown porn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing. <laughs> But yeah, you should send us an email. It's probably easier to, I mean, we're living in the 21st century, so sure. uh, it is easier to just tweet at us or go yeah, on Facebook than it is to send an email, and we'll probably see it faster and care about it more true. if you use the social media. Mm-hmm. But it's there if you're over 65 and want to do that. We don't judge. Contact us. Be a part of the show. We don't care. And give us those five. It's time we start really whoring out for five-star reviews five on Five Five-star reviews, all about how awesome I am. Thank you. Anything you want to add to that, Chan? No. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Uh, and, uh, otherwise, check us out on Twitter individually. I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And if you thought this episode written by a, a female writer was exciting, next week we're doing a, a, a mainstay episode also written by a woman. Oh. And it's called Bazooka Saw a Sea Serpent. So it's a bazooka-heavy oh, episode, oh, everybody. No. Uh, I hate it already. about the Loch Ness Monster or something. Oh. I haven't watched it in forever, oh, but no. very, very excited about Is this Is this where one. they finally realize that he has had a brain tumor this whole time? <laughs> and that's what makes him the way he is? It's possible. I can't speak to it as I have not watched it quite yet <laughs> again. But Bazooka Saw Sea Serpent next week. Just title alone. I've been, I've been waiting <laughs> for this episode for about 10 weeks now, and I'm very excited. We're finally to it. Oh, first. boy. So look out for that, everybody. Until then, good night. No, that's the beginning of the episode. No, that's the end. I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. 
We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.